Hey, Kaylee. Yeah? As we speak, this gem is sitting at 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, which, honestly, shameless plug, we're official reviewers on. Thanks, RT. So special. Go us. <laughs> but no, you're, you're honestly right. This film that we're diving into today, it's an incredible follow-up for Crazy Rich Asians actress Aquafina. And, well, let's be honest, she is a boss rapper. No, seriously, rapper, actor, feminist, what can't she do? I mean, she does podcasting, or at least she used to, and she's been on podcasts. Like, I would love for her to come join us right here. We're inviting you right now, Aquafina. And Aquafina's not the only powerhouse in today's film, The Farewell. She's Tuesday. I'm Kaylee. Grab your drinks, your granny, and even a box of tissues. Oh, and don't forget those reading glasses, unless you know Mandarin. This is Whiskey and Popcorn. So as you said, Tuesday, most of this film is actually in Mandarin Chinese and captioned for us English speakers. But it is an American movie, or rather, more correctly, a Chinese-American movie. And at the center of the story is a wedding. But that's not exactly the focus. Rather, it's the excuse for a family to go home to China to visit their terminally ill grandmother. At the beginning of the movie, we are told that this whole story is based on a lie. The Farewell focuses on Billy, who is played by Aquafina, and she is a Chinese immigrant to America, along with her mother and father. And it revolves around her story and that of her grandmother, her, her nai-nai, who she dearly loves. And here's a clip from the trailer. What's wrong, Dad? Please tell me. My nan is dying. She doesn't know. So you can't say anything. The family thinks it's better not to tell her. Why is that better? Chinese people have saying, when people get cancer, they die. We have to go to China. Wedding is an excuse so everyone can see her. He's my only cousin. Do you think I should be there? You can't hide your emotions. If you go, Nana will find out right away. Really? Zala? So... We got to hear both Aquafina's Billy, her two parents, and a little bit there of Nai Nai. And this film is just so beautiful. It, it opens actually with Billy talking to her grandmother as she's walking down the streets of New York City. And, you know, it's this really typical grandmother-granddaughter type of conversation. Like, how are you doing? Are, are you taking care of yourself? Are you eating enough? Uh, do you have enough money? Uh, oh, and watch out for those bad actors. They'll steal your earrings. <laughs> Although the whole family knows that their beloved grandmother, Nai Nai, has been given mere weeks to live, everyone has decided to not tell her which is actually a very normal Chinese tradition. To assure her happiness, they all gather under this joyful guise of an expedited <laughs> wedding. Right. I think they've been dating for like a couple months. Maybe it was like three and then like Nai Nai's like, no, no, we're going to tell people that they've been dating for at least six. And they're like, well, if we're going to lie, we might as well make it a year. <laughs> and they're like, that's what we'll say. Yeah. Um, and it's really just an excuse for 
all of the family that have kind of speckled themselves into different countries to all come together. And really, we watch Billy kind of try and navigate these family traditions. And and honestly, she actually finds a lot to celebrate. She gets a chance to rediscover the country that she left as a child and spend more time with her grandmother and really everything that kind of keeps them together when things are not spoken. Right. And I think this is the whole relatable aspect of this film, even though it's very much this Chinese-American, Asian-American experience of, you know, having family overseas, we can all relate to grief, death in the family, death of a loved one, saying goodbye, but also just those funny family interactions between you and your cousins, you and your siblings, your aunts, your uncles, just the mundane chit-chat around dinner tables. Oh, you... You actually look fat. You're eating too much. But here, shove your face with this, you know, carb-heavy thing that, (laughs) that I'm going to give you. And, you know, I think that's just so beautiful. And it really struck a chord with me because I could see my family in a lot of those interactions. Yeah. As much as it was a Chinese-American movie, it was so incredibly relatable with you know, even our own families, I had a grandfather who actually asked my mother to not tell me or my brother that he was dying. So it's not as rare as I think we think it is. And I actually more prefer the Chinese way. And, you know, maybe when you hear you have cancer, that's when you give up and that's when you die. Yeah. But if you don't know, how much does that change your spirit? Well, you know, they... they reference that a lot in this film, the crux of that culture clash. Because here in the, in the U.S., like, it's pretty much downright illegal. Like, you can't keep the fact that somebody's dying of a disease from them. Like, the doctor's going to tell them the, the, uh, all the laws that are in place for that. But in China, you know, it is different. And while maybe not every family does this, it, it, like they say, it's a common practice. And actually, interestingly enough, uh, the director, Lulu Wang, said that when she actually talked about this story prior to the movie, she did a episode on This American Life. She said she had a lot of people reach out to her from all over the world saying that, oh, my family does this too. Like, I thought we were weird. <laughs> but it, it really does beg the question of, do you want to burden somebody with the fact that they're going to die and take away any joy they might have? And right there in the trailer, they said, Chinese people have a saying, you know, you get cancer, you die. Do you want them to die from the shock of it? Because that is not unheard of, you know, or just give up. But if you don't realize how sick you are, you might persevere and and beat the cancer or beat the disease, whatever it is. And Nai Nai very much walks around not wanting to be fussed over whatsoever. Oh, no, I don't need help. Oh, this cough is just lingering from when I got the cold, you know. So she actually makes the excuses for them. And also very not uncommon for cultures. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's a huge difference from those of you who have seen Midsommar, (laughs) which has its own unique traditions with the elderly and death. (laughs) Very different. (laughs) And I almost would hope that no one would tell me if I was older. Yeah. And it's interesting because... At one point, the parents tell Billy, 
this is our burden to bear. Mm. It, we don't want her in pain. It is something that we have to suffer and we have to deal with. And I think that was really beautiful. Well, you know, and that kind of alludes to the fact that there's this huge divide in how Western societies might think versus Eastern societies. There's this idea of we are the whole, we work together. It's not about the self, which a lot of Western societies, it's about the individual, me, I, and myself to better or worse, you know, there. I think you could look at both ways of thinking and pick the good and the bad. But it, it was really fascinating. I struggled with this question just like Billy does the whole time. And I don't know if she ever feels like it gets resolved for her. She wants to actually stay in China and take care of her grandmother. But she can't. Her grandmother wants her to continue to to live her life. It, it was just beautiful to see those sorts of different kind of cultural aspects that in a way kind of challenge what's the norm for some of us here in the U.S. and open our minds to other ways of thinking about how you say goodbye to a loved one and grief. It was just, oh, I loved it so much. And it was funny. Oh, it was an astonishing movie. And to your point, we don't want to lead you guys astray. There are incredibly hilarious parts of this movie. It's almost like the movie kind of pulls you in different directions. And one moment you're hysterically laughing and then you're crying with them. Mm-hmm. And it's it's that family dynamic that we get to see that, again, we can relate to. It's all those really like awkward moments, too, that are were the most funny parts. Or like when, when uh, Billy first shows up at the house, her grandmother's house in China, nobody's expecting her. And you could just see she's holding back tears. It's like really sad. But like the whole family, their eyes are saying, what are you like, doing what here? What are you doing here? Don't tell her. Don't tell her. Don't make her think that there's something wrong. And yeah. Nine-Nine's off like, oh my gosh, Billy, I'm so happy to see you. I didn't know you were coming. I love this little round butt. <laughs> she can't even <laughs> smacking her butt. It was... Well, and let's be honest. No one wanted her to go because I don't think the family thought that she could keep it together. Well, and it's so funny to me because like so many of the other family members we're having just as hard of a time keeping it together. Like the nephew, who's the one supposedly getting married, ends up bawling at his wedding reception. He can't contain Correction, himself. getting wasted and then bawling. <laughs> yes. Okay. Cool. Well, we'll uh, add that caveat there. But still, there's other parts where you can see when he wasn't drinking and it wasn't the wedding reception, but even he was having a hard time putting on a happy face. And then, of course, this is just an interesting side note. A very small thread through the movie. He's marrying a Japanese woman. She does not speak any Mandarin either. So she's kind of like left orbiting like this really weird family dynamic. And I don't know how much was explained to her about the situation, but you can just see her just trying to be like, oh, yes, I love this man. I can't wait to get married to him. Why is everybody freaking out right now? I don't understand. And like, it was just a clash of you know, two very different Asian cultures and very minor, but I picked up on that. Oh, yeah. And don't get us wrong. They don't stop speaking Mandarin when she's around. No. So she literally never has any idea what's going on. Like she has to wait for her fiance, I guess we could say, to translate for her. I just felt my heart went out to her. (laughs) Oh, that poor thing. And of course, Nai Nai would talk about her behind her back and she's stupid she doesn't even speak Chinese and yeah it was she's great like, she's not affectionate enough 
it's like because they've been dating for two months. <laughs> it was so, so funny. So we, like we said, this film is based off of Lulu Wang's actual life experience. And interestingly enough, the aunt, Nai Nai's sister, is uh, Lulu Wang's real aunt who took care of her grandmother well, that's cool. in China. So it, as she told in the uh, interview with NPR that her aunt was willing to do it, but kept going like why would you pick me like you know I don't want to make your movie ugly or <laughs> you know things like that but she was really game to do the story and from what I've also researched and read while Lulu's family has seen the film at least as of right now her grandmother still hasn't seen the film so it's like everybody still knows but the the secret I'm like I, d- I don't know when the secret's going to get out or maybe because her because her grandmother is still alive. Yes, legacy continues. So I don't know if the lie is still continuing or uh, or what, but it's just, it's it's great. And stick around for the end because you do get to see real Nai Nai and she's funny. She's so adorable. There's one more thing I wanted to hit on in this review before we wrap up here. And it's just right now the tensions between the U.S. and China are just like not great. And I think a film like this is really important to have to show that we are all human. We go through all the same human experiences and emotions and dealing with families and silly fights, weddings, deaths, tragedies, you know, all these things. The fact that we get to see such a compelling complex and diverse story told through an Asian American lens is hugely important. And this film, limited release right now, it's killing it at the box office. It's like going gangbusters, which I think is a testament to, A, there's an appetite for films like this, and B, that it resonates with everybody, not just with the Asian American community. And think, I mean, think of everything that we've had, even over the last few years. Crazy Rich Asians, which did astounding. Yes, huge. Uh, nationwide, searching last year to all the boys I've loved before. Uh, you'll always be my maybe, fresh off the boat. I mean, this goes to TV. Right. There's so many great and compelling stories. It feels like that I, I kind of hate using this word because it makes it feel maybe a little bit frivolous, but it's Asian American films and even TV shows are having a moment. But I want this moment to not just be an instant, but I want it to last because a long time. There's so many good and compelling stories. And just like with any other minority group, Asian American actors and uh, directors, writers, producers, ev- every aspect, they have stories to tell that I want to hear, that we should all hear and see and watch. They are long overdue for their five minutes of fame. But, you know, to speak of a even broader term, we look at how much movies have actually been in the pivotal forefront of issues. Back in the day when there was blackface and then we had our first actual African-American actors and you know th- these things come forward and all of a sudden us as a culture and us as a community have to talk about it. Exactly. And I guess that's what's really beautiful about movies. And I couldn't have said that any better myself. Good. That means we can drink. Oh, hooray. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What do you got? Well, 
I came into this movie with a big glass of red wine, so that's what I'm going to really recommend because I just wanted some like comfort drink. <laughs> and I would highly recommend Shameless Plug here for Arizona Wines, El Delgado from Burning Tree Cellars up there in the Verde Valley. But I also, I don't want to be stereotypical here. That's not why I picked it. It's another shameless plug for an Arizona alcohol, but Arizona sake best sake I've ever had in my life and it actually has won all the awards for best foreign sake over in Japan so you gotta have it one or the other or both but maybe don't do a sake bomber with the wine like one after the other no keep it classy (laughs) what about you I was a bit up your same alley I'm thinking if someone in my family was dying I would probably have an entire boxed wine (laughs) to myself and don't judge me, audience. Box wine is starting to get real classy. No. And they even have canned wine now. I mean, come on. But You'll yes. never convince me that box wine could be bougie. <laughs> One glass, an entire box of wine. That's what I would need to get through any of my family in any kind of issue. Well, you're the kind of gal that would wear a wine bra, so. That's a secret. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> All right. Avoid any regrets as we say farewell to this episode. You can stay with us by subscribing. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And stay up to date on movie news and reviews by visiting our website, whiskeyandpopcorn.org, and by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you for stopping by, and we'll see you at the movies. Movies.